I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to our podcast. This is All by the Popcorn. Episode one. Part one. I'm Alessandra. And I'm Emily. And we're best friends. And we love film. And, I mean, we just love the entertainment industry in general. We pretty much talk about it every time we see each other. Which is very frequently. Pretty much whether it's, like, buzz that's happening, people getting cast and stuff, just remembering back to old movies that we've seen together. Yeah, so I think... I mean, I think starting this podcast is really going to help us because it'll also make us go out and see more movies and get ourselves reacquainted with ones we've really loved. So we're going to start off with something that we uh, really brought us together, which was the one of the classes we took in high school that was called History of Film. No. No, no it was called Study of Film. Okay. Okay. And <laughs> our teacher was, uh, we're going to call her Ms. M. Um, she was also an English teacher, but... I had her for English. You did? I did. Oh my god, how was she as an English teacher? I don't know, English was never my strong subject. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's probably so why. So I'm sure she was fine, but... But I, as I a film know. teacher, she was great. I think that's really where her passions lied, and that's really where ours lied. Yeah. And, uh... She was great. She had this awesome list that she wouldn't let us show to anyone like we didn't even have paper copies of it we had one paper copy of it and i was looking for it but it's been so long i couldn't find it like i thought i saved it and i think my parents threw it away by the way this list was amazing and i guess i don't remember this but alessandra said that she sent it to directors of movies or something like it was yeah like producers and stuff and they 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 loved the compilation and she just didn't want anyone else to know about it i don't know but it was really comprehensive for somebody our age to watch this like film history so today we're gonna go through this list um as much as we can we broke it down into themes because she had it she like broke it down to genres and stuff as much as she could yeah um it started off she kind of started off with it a little chronological but then moved on more into the different genres so she tried to like make it through the era of film each era as film progressed but then it really just turned into the genres it really was and i i did my best to kind of just collectively put them together and i think you did wonderfully thank you so we're going to start off with the first the first era which is the silent film era the beginning of film as we know it um, we actually, I think we watched A Trip to the Moon. I think that was probably the first thing we watched. Which I, be- we, I believe so, because... W- which is like, what, like 20 minutes long? It's not even that long. It's really not. So, I don't think we really qualified that as a feature-length film. No. But everybody's seen that. I mean, it's a, if you don't know what it is, it's basically just these people plan, like all these people plan together. It's directed by George Melier in, uh, 1902. And, um, it's just 
it's like put to music and they colored it. Um, there might be a part. I actually don't remember it being in color. There, no, was... they like colored the film strips. There's like, they oh. like actually went through each film strip and like colored it. Like they colored the cellophane or whatever. I think that sounds familiar. Yeah. So then, um, the next, the first movie we really watched though was The Kid, Charlie Chaplin's The Kid, mm-hmm, which mm-hmm. was from 1921. And this movie was so, I, I didn't expect it to be so heartfelt. Like, it really hits you. And it's a silent film, but you, like, really see his, like, fatherhood in this movie because he, like, finds this kid on the street, right? It's like this, it's this woman's, like, she loses her kid. Yeah. And then Chaplin finds him and it's just, like, so nice. I just really like that movie. Yeah. And it's, it's really interesting to see movies that are just silent because you think... You think when they're silent, you might not see as much emotion, but Charlie was always very good at showing his emotions, even when he honestly couldn't speak. And sometimes the music, and the music was very good in it because it also helped set the mood, which... Which was sad sometimes, really sad, and then sometimes really happy. Yeah, because, yeah, it really, it really um, flip-flopped a lot between comedic and comedy. I mean, and like drama. And drama. Yeah, and that's, I think that's what made it such a gem. Mm-hmm. Um, but then we watched another Charlie Chaplin film. We watched uh, Modern Times. Modern Times, 1936, which is a full 15 years after The Kid. So he actually is a lot more sophisticated in this movie. Um, and I just, I remembered the the main scenes of that movie. I don't really remember. I just so remember, much. I remember one part. This one was my favorite. I love The Kid, but I loved Modern Times. Because it was so funny. The part on the assembly line where he like got he got caught in the machine in the and, wheels. It, and it was trying to feed him nuts. <laughs> I was I was laughing so hard. <laughs> I had to I had to like keep wiping the tears away from my eyes. Yeah, he was really funny. I was funny. sitting in class laughing out loud at this and I just remember loving that part. Was the, I remember one where he put on roller skates and he was going around blind on these roller skates and almost falls off like a cliff or something and he like almost it's like a real thing or was he in the mall in being, the mall being, being it was chased in the mall. by the security guards yeah but he was like he was like blinded and i remember that one that was good um and then we we wrote an essay on that so we watched uh city lights yes which wasn't as funny as modern times i remember it being more serious yeah i really don't remember much of city lights it was a, it was about a woman he like meets a woman in, doesn't he give her, like, a flower or something? Yeah, like, he kind of, like, falls in love with some lady. I think that's kind of... doesn't he imagine his future with her? And yeah. Then, and then it, like, it, like, goes into... It, like, fast-forwards in time, and he, like, comes home to her? Yeah, like, it was about this woman. Yeah. That that was what the movie was about. So, we had to write an essay on those three, and uh, I don't remember what my essay was about or where it is at all. So... Probably, probably could have found those. I just read them <sighs> over. I'm pretty sure my English was terrible. But I don't remember getting a good grade on that. Probably not. So she, she was a hard grader. <laughs> we're gonna move on. The next era that I have uh, made up here is the early gangster, because there's a later gangster, there's contemporary. But right now we were seeing, we were showed two, I guess, kind of early gangster films. The first one is Public Enemy, from 1931, directed by William A. Wellman. Do you remember this movie? No, I was asleep. Yeah, honestly, I like this movie a lot, and I don't 
I don't remember a whole lot about it. I just remember really liking it. And I looked it up, and, and it was just about these two best friends who end up kind of splitting ways because they're, they're part of, like, a gangster ring. And mm. that's what the movie's about. Maybe that's a movie that we should revisit. I think so. And watch. In the future. In, or soon. Yeah. And another movie that we should watch again that <clears throat> I know you and I love so much was On the Waterfront. 1954, um, director Elia Kazan. It really is an amazing movie. I remember we basically fell in love with Marlon Brando in that movie. That was the falling in love point for Marlon Brando. Yeah, because he's just, he's so amazing. The actress in that is the same one in North by Northwest, if I'm not mistaken. No, her name was Ava Marie Saint. Yeah, her, her character name was Eddie. Yeah. But do you remember their kiss? Do you remember that? That was like the highlight of that movie. It was like... Was it good? Oh my god. It was amazing. It was such a really good... Remember like somebody bombarded them and they were like kissing? Oh my god. It was such a good kiss. And then there was the... I could have been a contender. That's that's from that movie. I know. Okay. Well, anyways. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that Ava Marie Saints in North by Northwest. But we'll get to that. Yes, yes. Um... So then the next era was the film noir era, uh, which included the Maltese Falcon. Um, also asleep. You were, yeah. Dude, I think I slept through most of that movie. Jeez, ah, that was so boring. I just remember, or was it Public Enemy? There was this one actor, he had like a really big head. Really? It wasn't Humphrey Bogart? Because he's in Maltese Falcon. I Maybe it was Humphrey Bogart. But dude, like... So that's director John Huston, and then the other one that falls under the film noir um, was Citizen Kane, I think. Also asleep. I I was that movie's like five hours long. It feels like okay, like I definitely woke up a lot during that movie, and I tried not to sleep. Like I actively was trying to keep my eyelids open. But mind you, we took this class at the end of the day. And, like, this was, like, after lunch, like, right before we were about to go home. Mm-hmm. Like, we were always really tired. Everybody was sleeping in that class. Mm-hmm. Everyone. So, this movie especially. Do you remember, do you remember what woke us up? Do you remember the bird? Yep. So, in the middle of this movie, for no freaking good reason, this white bird just, like, squawks on the screen, like, Wah! like, right out of nowhere. Wakes you all up, and then we were like, Miss Emma, what's what's up with that? Like, she's like, oh, that's to wake you up. Like, honestly, we I have think, no I idea. I think she jokingly said it's to wake you up, but we were discussing it afterwards, and she honestly had no idea if it was an accident, and they just kept it in there, or... No, I'm sure if, it was just... Or if just, it served some purpose. I totally did. Um, so then in another film noir, we got Bonnie and Clyde. Yeah. This guy, big head. James Cagney. He was the one in, uh... It's Public Enemy. In Public Enemy. Yep. I thought he was... I liked him. I don't know. I was asleep. Oh, okay. Well, I liked him. His friend was also very good looking in that movie. I don't remember. Okay. Yeah, Bonnie and Clyde. Yep, I really like Bonnie and Clyde. Yeah, me too. They were... That was awesome, that movie. And I remember... Warren Beatty? Falling in love with Warren Beatty. Oh, my God. And Faye Dunaway, even though they were, like, weirdly, like... They had, like, issues. Like, they couldn't be intimate with each other. You remember? That was, like, part of the movie. They couldn't be? Yeah. Like, he wouldn't... 
like sleep with her. It was like that was kind of a weird part of the movie where he was just like, no. Well, because how did they meet anyway? Like, wasn't she on like no? A f- yeah, like she like left her home. Yeah, she was like on a farm out of nowhere. And then she, she was just, just like, she I'm just, just gonna away. join you. And they just went off together. And she met him like while he was robbing a bank or something. Yeah, right? like they were like, yeah. And he was doing something like that, and then they were just like, let's go, let's go be. Bank robbers. Bank robbers, and it's a great story. It really is. It's so depressing, man, too. Yeah. It's such a good movie. But, but that but, but that ending, like, shootout was amazing. Oh, yeah. So many bullets, man. Why do the 20s feel like they need to shoot so much? You know, guns are all the thing. Oh, yeah. They're just like, really, really, because the bullets had, like, no aim. They just kind of just, just washed everywhere. Yeah. Over everybody. If they wanted to hit something, they had to just shoot them everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, okay. We got through that. Next one was Casablanca. That's I put this on a kind of film noir list because it's not quite, but it is. Yeah. Um, because it's a romance, but you know, and there's a femme fatale and everything. I remember this is one we should watch again. Definitely. I think so too because for some reason, I just remember growing up hearing. Like, Casablanca was the most romantic, romantic movie ever. The best. Such a classic. Like, the best classic romantic movie, and I thought it was awful. Yeah. I remember thinking, this is not that great. But, you know, we could watch it again and think otherwise. I think it might have just been the circumstances. Because that has happened. I have I have watched something the first time, hated it, and then watched it again and actually and then really, really, liked it. really enjoyed yeah, it. I, so don't... I, I really want to give it a second chance, but just... And I actually stayed awake the whole time to watch this movie, oh, so yeah. it wasn't like I was half awake, half asleep. I think I just was so angry at the, the girl in that movie, because I was like, what's your problem, lady? Like, I know you want to live in the past, but it's yeah. not happening, you know? Like, choose. Like, pick pick a guy. That's I was really angry at her. Yeah, I don't really remember, like, what it was even about. Like, well, I, I what was it watching is, it. It's like, he owns, so the like, casino. he owns, like, like a, bar. a bar, and then... His, the love of his life, who they had, like, a weekend together, comes in and is, like, with her husband or with her fiancé. Yeah. And then she's like, oh, you're here. And he's like, oh, you're here. Of all the bars, you know? And... And where were they even? Like, what... Where, they, did, where did this take place? In Casablanca, which is, like, in Morocco or something. It, it's, like, its own little place in Africa. So it's this tiny... It's a tiny little, little like, little city. Little no, nowhere and, city. Yeah, but there's, like, it's like a, you know... It's like, Touristy. It's like living in Monaco or something. It's like, it's in Africa, but it's, like, white people Africa. Oh. You know what I mean? Like... So, okay. That's kind of... So it's, like, dreamy and romantic, and there's old people planes and stuff. I, I guess. Yeah. So we're gonna watch that again. I mean, I'm sorry director Michael Curtis, but I'm pretty sure you're not alive anymore since this movie was made in 1942. Yeah. He probably was like 60 or 70 when he made this damn movie. And yeah. just, and I'm just not a huge fan of, because Humphrey Bogart was also in that too, right? He was. I'm really not a big fan of watched it like right him. after Maltese Falcon or something. It, yeah, so I was pretty much done with, with, I just said his name, Humphrey. There we go. <laughs> Humphrey Bogart. Humphrey. I was <laughs> okay. just, I was just done with Humphrey. All right, so the next one we kind of slept through, again, this is this is the beginnings of, and after this is going to be a lot better, but, was All About Eve, 1950, director Joseph L. Menkiewicz. 
And I would like to also give a second try. Yes. Because that's supposed to be a really good movie. Yeah, and I remember really like Be- really liking Betty Davis. Oh, yeah. I remember She's it. great. I remember thinking she was the... I just remember her having these ginormous eyeballs. She has huge, ginormous eyelids, like... But that's why she's so gorgeous, I think. It was just like, wow, look at your eyelids. She was a great, she was a great actress. She was really great. So yeah, I definitely want to give that a second try. Yeah, and I just don't remember liking Eve very much because you, you side with... Probably not supposed to. No. You side with Betty Davis's character because Eve basically takes over her life. Like, that's kind of like, people become obsessed with her and then Mm -hmm. they're like, what about Betty? You know? Hmm. That's the movie. Oh, Okay. And then, that's where Fasten Your Seatbelt, It's Going to Be a Bumpy Night came from. Don't remember that. I remember. I remember that. I remember when she said that in the movie. No, I must have been asleep. Yeah, you must have been asleep. Um, so then I, I uh, organized the classic comedies list. Do you want to read the first one? It happened one night. One of our favorites on this list. That movie was amazing. I've watched that a lot since since this like I love that movie. I don't think I've watched it again. I, I might I have it. It's so have. good. It's amazing. Oh. Just Clark Gable. Oh, that movie was first, so good. First time falling in love with Clark Gable. Yeah. And apparently his fake his fake teeth. Oh yeah. Yeah, what was that? He had he had like false. No, false like, set the of women teeth. hated kissing him because he, he had, had a false terrible breath, and, and a false set of teeth. But boy, know. was he gorgeous! Boy, was he great to look at! Oh yeah, that movie is so so good too. It's the first. Penned is the first romantic comedy, but I don't think that's a thing. I think it was just one of the first ones, and then also it won the Oscar for best picture that year. Yeah, in, in 1934. And who's the actress in that? The actress is... Mm, Good question. Let me look it up. <laughs> While you're looking that up, uh, the director is Frank Capra. And it's about a woman who breaks off her engagement. I think she's supposed to be like 18 years old or something. She's supposed to be extremely young. And super rich. Like and her family, super her rich. family is extremely rich. And then she... She breaks off her engagement and takes a bus away from her house, right? Or something like that. She's trying to escape. Yeah, she jumps off the boat that she's on. Right. She, and she, she swims she away. She swam away from this boat. Who knows how far away this boat was from land. I don't know. She jumps off the boat, goes on a bus, and there on the bus she meets Clark Gable, and the two of them share a cozy little seat Cause he's, in the he's back. Because he's a journalist. Yeah. And and he's he's trying to get the the story on her, and she's just trying to get away. Yeah, but then then they some some stuff happens. I mean, they just go on a little adventure together, and it's so cute. And you're like, so yes, it, it it's so good. And her name is Claudette Colbert. Claudette Colbert. I should know. I have a poster of this. She's she's great. Um, yeah. So then another amazing movie that I put in this classic comedies. Maybe my fave, one of my favorite movies of all time. Yeah. I have three, so I don't know. What is it? What is the movie? Some Like It Hot. (laughs) Some Like It Hot. 1959, directed by Billy Wilder. This movie is just the gem of all black and white gems. Oh, it's not black and white. Yes, it is. Oh, it is? It is. Oh, it is. You're right. It is. I haven't watched it in a while. 
Yeah. It just seems so colorful to me. That's probably why I the, think... It is so colorful. It is such a colorful like, movie. You can, ju- you can just imagine inserting all the colors that are supposed to be at the at the Hotel Del Coronado. Oh, yeah. Especially since we walked around there. The, but, guys, the guys in that movie, which is Tony and... Who's the other one? Look it up. Anyways... They're amazing. They're like, hilarious. They're so funny. And Marilyn Monroe is so gorgeous. Just so funny. She doesn't just play a, like a bimbo. She's actually like cute and she plays she plays a little bit of a bimbo yeah. because she always falls for the what is it? What is he a saxophone player or yeah, something? Yeah, yeah. Like she always falls for the saxophone player and they always she, like she chooses they the always wrong leave guy. her. Like she's always just choosing the wrong guys but to be the with. The beginning of the movie, she spent they're on a train and that's it's really funny because the whole train's shaking and they're like having these conversations and they're like jostling around. They're all drinking and yeah, they're drinking being, a lot being, of alcohol. They're being rowdy. Oh, it's like so they're good. Just, just like the like like a train car full of I don't know. Oh, but the funniest part is that these two guys are trying to pose as women because they they witnessed a murder. Yeah, and so they're hiding. <laughs> they're hiding from these gangster, these mobsters. It's. It is something. It is a really good movie. And their names are Tony Curtis and Jack Lemmon. Tony Curtis, yes. Tony Curtis is um, Jamie Lee Curtis's father. That is a good, good trivia. Right it is. There. And it's, she's the screen queen, you know? Um, but why don't you say, your, what's your favorite line from that movie? This line <laughs> is probably my favorite movie line of all movie lines. It is when... Jack Lemon, who is playing, I cannot remember their names. One of them's name is Daphne, and the other one's <laughs> name is, oh, uh, I can't even, hold on, I'm going to find this. I think Jack Lemon was Daphne. They don't even put their woman names down. They just put Joe and Jerry. Okay, well, anyways. Oh, that's so sad. I want to know their woman names. Anyway. <laughs> so, so, Jack Lemon, who's playing Jerry, is getting into the elevator, and he's carrying his very heavy, he, he, he plays the bass, and so he's got this really heavy guitar. Base, you know, and is carrying it into the elevator, and this very rich old guy comes into the elevator with him, and he's he's like flirting with all the girls coming in, and so as he's talking to her, he goes like, "Oh, the bass, such a sexy instrument. Do you do you pluck it or strum it?" And then he goes, "Usually I slap it," and then I just remember laughing so hard. I think you cried. I probably cried again. There are many times. So, just the, crying, laughing. We're gonna move on. The next movie. Do we have to? Yeah. Okay. We'll we'll just talk. We'll talk about this again. Okay. So, the next one Can that I watch put it in, again. Yeah. Can watch it right now. After this. Okay. Okay. The next one we put in here is Doctor Strange Love or How I Stop Learning Learning How I Learned to Stop Worrying and Love the Bomb. Wow, I <coughs> that up. Would you like to say it? Yeah. Let me. Let me try and say it faster than you. Dr. Strangelover. How are Director Stanley Kubrick, uh, 1964. This movie's really good. I, I remember it. It's very slow, but it is, it's a satirical movie. I remember tidbits of this because, of course, I was asleep. <laughs> okay, well, I wasn't asleep, but I like this movie. Um, if you don't know what it's about, it's basically just... It's being satirical about the way that we use nuclear weapons and how it's how it's so deliberating that we decide to just like 
just start a nuclear war. That's basically what the end of the movie becomes. So it, it's a very heavy topic that is done dealt with very well mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. So Stanley Kubrick props. Um, I just remember the part where his his hand, who like has a mind of its own, like attacking him while he was talking or something. I remember that part. <laughs> I don't remember that. And then I remember the the bomb getting stuck in the plane. I remember that. And so the guy had to... And James Earl Jones is in it. A young James Earl Jones. Yes. He's like 20 years old. And so the guy with the cowboy hat is like trying to get the bomb to fall and out of the plane. And he goes on the bomb. And he goes with it. The bomb. And he's like... He's like, Hi! He's like shouting, Yeehaw! Yeah, all yeehaw! All the way down until he dies. It, they all blow up. Everybody dies. And those... That's the end of the movie. And those are the only two parts I remember from the film, that's, I believe. That's a pretty good part to remember. All right, well, we're going to move on to the Westerns now. We had three Westerns. The first one was High Noon, 1952, directed by Fred Zinnemann. And I remember ten minutes of this movie because we I missed school, and so I didn't get to see the pretty much the entire movie. I just watched the last ten minutes. Grace and, Kelly's in it. And Grace Kelly? Grace Kelly's in it. Oh, my yeah. God. She's, we, she's in her gorgeous Western dress, and I just might, missed this whole movie. We might need to watch that again, then, because I love Grace Kelly. But do you remember what made this movie special? Do you remember why we watched this movie? No, because I was asleep. The reason why we watched this movie was because the whole movie takes place within a span of, like, an hour and a half, and the actual action of the movie is, is like, accurate to the time. So, ten minutes into the movie is ten minutes into the action of the film. Like, it is, like, mm. basically, the whole movie takes place over the exact amount of time that you're watching it. An hour and a half of the time is an actual hour and a half in this movie. Interesting. That's why it was important. I remembered that, but I really didn't see it. Other than that, it was very boring. It was. I remember the last ten minutes being very boring, but, it, you know, yeah, It's worth watching for Grace Kelly. She probably wears some pretty dresses. She probably does. One dr- pretty dress, probably. She probably does. Well, yeah, she, if she's only wearing it for an hour and 30 minutes. So the next one, which I don't know if you... I was... I put this on very last minute. It was the very last one I added. The Searchers. 1952, John Ford, director. John Wayne. John Wayne. <laughs> hey, Pilgrims. Who is not a very good actor. <laughs> yeah, but The Searchers is good, though. The Searchers was really good. It has Natalie Wood in it, and... I remember it being really Baby exciting. Natalie Wood? Yeah. Baby Natalie Wood. Baby Natalie Wood. Teen Teen Natalie Wood? She got stolen. Yes. By some Indians? Yes. Native Americans? They yes. they are going after trying to find her and when they eventually do, she has Stockholm syndrome and she doesn't want to leave them. Cause she, they're her family now. Because they, they searched for her for like three years. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. They, they finally found her. She's like, I'm not going to leave. This is my family. And you're like, don't take her. Why did she wants to be there, you know? Yeah. They probably loved her, but, you know, they did steal her. They did, but they didn't kill her, so... I, I don't I don't really remember how this is resolved. I just remember a lot of probably horse riding through the, the desert. Probably John Wayne being very stubborn and forceful, trying to take the girl away from the Indians, maybe. It's, I know. That sounds like something John Wayne would do as a character. So then we watched our favorite Western, which is The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly, 1966, Sergio Leone. Which I have watched again since then. That movie is so good. It is amazing. First point of falling in love with Clint Eastwood. Oh, Blondie. 
He he has like five lines in the he whole movie. He is the epitome of just beautiful man. Like next to Marlon Brando. Next to Marlon Brando. But he's he's like the rugged beautiful man but, in the desert. But so is Mar. Okay, yeah. In the desert, dirty, he's, like covered he, in dirt. He he is the epitome of hot cowboy. <laughs> yeah. Who's also a fantastic actor. Uh, anyways, that movie's so good. The end when they're doing like that, this part in the cemetery where they're spinning, this whole, the camera's like spinning. Yeah. So good. And they're like, they still don't know where the, where the treasure's dug up or something. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. All right. Now I have our era of Hitchcock slash horror films. I remember this being a fun one. The first one, I don't think we watched this first, but I put this in here first, was North by Northwest, 1959, directed by Alfred Hitchcock. Um, I really like this movie. This was a fun, fun movie. I don't remember much of it. I remember... It's good. It's a spy movie. Yeah, I remember yeah. that part. Yeah. I remember the plane part. It's mistaken identity. They, he, they think he's a, somebody that he's not. Cary Grant, super gorgeous guy. Yeah, he's all right. I think he was pretty attractive. He's basically George Clooney. Like, George Clooney is Cary Grant. It's probably just because I don't find George Clooney that attractive. He looks exactly like him. It's he does. like he's basically reincarnated. Basically. He does, and that's fine. I'm just not attracted to George Clooney, so. Ergo. But I really like this movie. It was it was really good. It's like a spy thriller. It's like a fun, you know, exciting. Well, I have to rewatch that. I really don't remember it. Okay, fine. I, it's really good. Um, then we had Psycho, 1960, which was really good. That one was really good. I remember that being really scary. Yeah. And, you know, you think that the actress, the lead actress, is gonna be in it for longer. She gets killed, like, within the first 20 minutes of the film. It's yeah. She's gone. And then it's about, then it's about Norman. And that's it. Norman and his mom. His mom. I'm, I'm quoting, quoting right now. Air quotes. His, his mom. Yeah, nobody could see you doing air quotes. Well, picture air quotes. <laughs> his mom. Yeah. Um, really scary. You you want to like Norman, but there's all those those dead birds and stuff, and and just he's creepy. He's he's creepy. One of our friends. Her name starts with a V. She thinks he's really hot. Norman Bates. She thinks it's Norman Bates. Is really hot. Yeah, I think she like really, really likes him, like weirdly. Um, which I'm just like, no. <laughs> I just, I just gotta say no to that. Okay, moving on. Um, Rear Window, another movie with Grace Kelly, 1954. Grace Kelly. Sorry. She wore those gorgeous dresses in that movie. Yeah. Why? So why did she have those gorgeous dresses? Like, because what? she was coming back from like, you know. Like well, conventions. What or was something. her job? I don't. She was a journalist. Like I she thought. was really. She was wearing very fancy dresses. Yeah, she was going to like really, really fancy, fancy parties. Coming back home to see her hubby at the window. <laughs> um. Yeah, she was a. I don't know what she did as a job, but she got to wear this gorgeous dress. She got to wear. She just basically just tended to, to, to Cary Grant the whole time. No, it wasn't Cary Grant. No. No, it Jimmy was... Jimmy Stewart. Jimmy Stewart. He was great. I really like Jimmy Stewart. 
I know, me too. And you really, you really like him because he's just sitting there with his leg. He can't do anything. He's like a cripple. And he's just being, he's just being a little stalker, like looking out his window, and it's just hilarious. I know, and so and much just crazy the, the stuff, stuff goes he sees, on. Yeah, the stuff he sees is just hilarious. It's a really good just, movie, and you just tell he's super bored, but then, but then it's just horrible. He just sees horrible things, and it's it's. It's, like, funny, yet still terrifying. But I remember being kind of bored in the beginning and then actually getting really into it. And that's kind of the way it's supposed to be, I think. I also should apologize now because um, I keep saying it's a really good movie. And I should probably stop because every movie on this list is a really good movie. And I should probably just, just probably stop saying that. It goes without saying that anybody who's listening should should make it a point to see every single one of these movies, don't you think? I mean, a couple years ago, I'd probably say not Casablanca. Because honestly, Emily, I'm no. so sorry. And we but gotta watch that the, again. The second we finished Casablanca, I was like, what did gonna, I just watch? We're gonna I know, do we're the- gonna We're gonna rewatch it. I just, I'm very big on first impressions, and I just really didn't like it. I don't know why. And so, I just, I... Sorry. So we're Off go- topic. We're gonna squeeze one in here that we forgot about just now. Because we, we've been doing this all week. We've been remembering movies that needed to be added to the list. And I just remember I can't because, believe because of Jimmy Stewart. Jimmy Stewart. Jimmy Stewart. I, I can't believe I forgot. But. Yeah, I totally forgot just until Jimmy Stewart. Uh, so we, we're going to add really quick in here. It's not by... It's not a horror and it's, it's not, not by... Horror, but it is Jimmy Stewart. So keeping on the subject of Jimmy Stewart, we forgot. Mr. Smith Goes to Washington. Yes. Which is directed by Frank Capra. Frank Capra. Same director as, as It Happened One Night. I, sh- I should have just stuck it in there. I totally forgot about it. Very that. different from It Happened One Night because mm, I was also... It's still kind of a comedy. I was asleep during this movie. I like this movie. I, I do remember the part where he was filibustering Filibustering. A lot, That's the whole I do rem- movie. I do remember him talking with the, with the, what is it, the lady, the journalist lady a lot. Yeah. I, I do remember quite a bit of scenes in this, but I was asleep during most of it This was well. another movie that was, was also kind of a satirical film. Because of the way that he he was kind of stupid, like he was supposed to be a very naive man, right? Because wasn't he? He was just trying to open. What was he? He was trying to open like a camp. He was for do- his Boy Scouts. He or was something. doing something so like under what should, he should have been sent there for. But they sent him there because they thought he was going to be a puppet for them. That they were going to be able to control him to right. do whatever he they because wanted. Because he was a camp counselor. Because he. He was naive. They thought, oh, I'll be able to tell him what to do. He'll, he won't listen to the lobbyists. You know, it, but the problem was he started developing a brain, started realizing that maybe he should stand up for the things he believes in. And, and that, then he filibusters. And that, there, and that there was a lot of political corruption around him. Oh, yeah. And he, and he, he was a very honest man. And he was. And he did not like that. And so that's why. It's a great, it's a. You know, it's a good tale, and we should learn from it even today. You know, it it's still true about our government and the way that we work, and a lot of it could be, maybe more people should be watching this movie. Don't yeah. you think? Yeah. So now, okay, we did Rear Window. So now The Shining, which I had seen before, because, you know... High school, your, friend, your friends, your movie. friends want to watch scary movies, even though I hate scary movies. But this movie is a pretty palatable scary movie. But luckily, luckily, I'd seen it before, so I knew what was coming, so it wasn't as bad. I still, I might have fallen asleep during it because I had already seen it, 
and I'm not a fan of scary movies. But this, but this movie is a really good. Is this is a so really good amazing. scary movie. It's a very good scary and movie. And I was just listening to another podcast by my favorite people, Thinking Sideways, um, and they were going through these crazy, like conspiracy theories with this movie. Like one of them was like. They fake, you know, Kubrick directed the moon landing and therefore he made this movie to say sorry and here's all the reasons why. And then there was another one was like, it's about a centaur or something. Like really stupid, not making sense kind of stuff. And then Interesting. turns out it's all just whatever you want to interpret because the movie is so frightening as it is. Yeah, he really puts in every characteristic of a frightening movie where it's like long drones of silence and then just and then just a like noise a, or like a like a deep note, like a piano key like burr. Yeah, cuz we cuz we were watching it, <laughs> we were watching parts of it without any sound and you know how they show the days of the week. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, Tuesday was so saying the word the word Tuesday. Just like black was again. So scary was I, because there was just there was just silence. And then it would just be like, Tuesday! Yeah. Like, and it would just, like, throw it, it at you. It scares you. And you'd have a little jump scare. And, but then if you just watch it by itself, Tuesday's not so scary. Yeah. It was good. It's a, it's a, it's a good movie. I, hate, <laughs> I know I should probably I stop saying that, but. I hate the part. Let's see, there's a part that's really scary that I can't. Oh, with out. the old lady in the bathtub? <gasps> oh! Oh, no! The, the bog lady. Oh. oh, in the in the murky waters. That is waters. the scariest part. That is the scariest part. Gosh, just just any scary movie with children just freaks me out. I can't. And 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 that and the kid that they they chose for that is really good. Oh yeah, he's terrifying. He's yeah, terrifying. he's so scary. Apparently, that kid didn't know he was filming a horror movie. They showed it to him like when he was like fourteen years old, and he was like, he was just like, what? What did he what is think this? he was filming a happy he was family like, film? He was like five years old. How was he supposed to know? Like, he probably just thought it was some drama. He's in some scary hotel all by himself with his family. All work and no play makes Jack a dull boy. That's terrifying. Ah, so scary. Jack, There's so Jack, many things Jack that Nicholson. are so scary about this movie. Like, the maze and the, the blood coming out of the, the elevator. That was just tons of and blood. And just the bog lady and that weird scene where... Shelly Duvall, like, sees those people wearing masks in that room doing some unspeakable acts. Like, what is going on in this movie? It's, it's so scary. There's just so much Wait, stuff. He, he, like, gets locked in, in the pantry, somehow gets out of the pantry. Because the ghost let him out. I, the ghost. The freaking ghost. The ghost. And then, like, he goes through the maze and freezes to yeah. death. The guy that goes to save him, who also has The Shining, he gets he gets an axe in the heart. Yes, like it's just. And, and then he didn't deserve it. The twins in that movie, and then like the the guy who's behind the counter, all the dead people at the party, and then the very last shot where it zooms in on Jack Nicholson's face in that photo of, you know, July Fourth, like nineteen twenty or something. It's just like, that's it. This movie's the best. It's the yeah. perfect scary movie. Um, well, I went and saw it on Halloween one night with some of my guy friends, and one of them that I took was really high, and he couldn't even get through this movie. He had to leave. Because <laughs> he was just laughing? No, he was like, he was kind of freaking out. He was having a freak out. Yeah, oh he couldn't gosh. even handle it. And I was like, dude, what's up? And he's just like, I, 
shouldn't have smoked. And I was like, no kidding, man. You shouldn't have done that at all. Like, what were you thinking? This movie's crazy. Yeah, so. So, there you go. Lesson learned. Don't do that. <laughs> don't smoke before watching The Shining. Yeah, don't do I it. I guess. You'll have a freak out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, probably. All right, we're going to move on to another topic that's completely opposite of horror. My favorite! Musicals! No. That was nice. Was it? Okay, this might have to be my favorite movie of all time. You, you need... You yeah, need this just, is. This is, this is. This is your favorite movie it's of just, all time. It's it's between... No, it's not between. This no, might, this, this is it. This... <laughs> I'm so happy that Miss M showed us this movie because my, my cheeks hurt from smiling so much. Because one, falling in love point for Gene Kelly. Two, singing in the ring. Just that's it. That's it. That's it. In the that's rain. it. That's it. I don't even think we need to really work this up. 1952. It's about the silent film era. MGM musicals. MGM. It's like my favorite era of movies at the moment. Just it's getting like, getting all the MGM musicals. Oh, I just love them. But we just love this musical so much because Gene Kelly's great, but also the music is really catchy. The dancing is awesome. You just love all the characters and character development is fantastic everybody is hilarious and so we could just go on and on about this movie i think it, we it should jokes just... it jokes about like celebrities and and social media like not social media but you know like the press everything about oh, that yeah. it just it it's just such makes a smart movie it makes fun of people but it just does it in such a classy hilarious way and it just made me happy yeah it just i've it's never i've never felt happy it's joy I've it's, never... it's complete joy this movie yeah, I mean, I was pretty happy watching Some Like It Hot, but this movie is just such a feel-good movie, and it just, nothing, like, you know, it, it does have kind of a sad area where things start to go downhill, but they quick, it no, quickly, but honestly, it quickly goes back He does back that up. singing in the rain song, and then it's just like, you're, he, he's upset for like five minutes, and then it's- For like two seconds. Yeah, it's nothing. And then, then everything is good in the end, and yeah. it's just, it's just number one feel-good movie. It's, it's my absolute favorite movie. So we're gonna go on to the other musical that sh that uh, Miss M showed us, which was Moulin Rouge, two thousand one, directed by Baz Luhrmann, which we had seen before. Yes, we had before seeing we had it in seen class, it. and we loved it already. I had already, yes, yes. So because it's not for everybody, but Baz Luhrmann is is one of those different directors. He's a polarizing director. Yeah, because he makes very uh, crazy stuff. Crazy would be a good way to describe it. He is very. Over exaggerated, he, dramatic. Yes, dramatic. And it's supposed to be dramatic. And it's, if you don't yeah. take it with this movie's so dramatic, oh my goodness, you know, like it's supposed to be that way. It's supposed to be on a set. It's supposed to be CGI. Like that is the point of this movie. It's supposed to be a little hectic. It's supposed to be a little crazy. Like some of the scenes, you kind of get lost watching. But then, but also the music in this movie is phenomenal. Really and well. they sing it themselves. The actors do. Um, Nicole Kidman and Ewan McGregor just, just so, just shine like so much in this movie. And and I just, just their their relationship is just shown so well. Yeah, like you they, believe it. Really, you, you believe, believe it. that they are in love from the get go. Ewan McGregor, it's fantastic. He's so great. I know. And Nicole, beautiful. Just, just gorgeous. beautiful. Just, just so beautiful. And she's the show. She's must so funny. Go on. Yeah. I, I mean, honestly. 
Amazing. Cannot wait for it to be a play. I know. So oh, uh, I just. Oh, man. I'm slowly uh, we've been di- waiting I'm for slowly this. dying. In th- I know. The for second, 15 years. The second she showed it to me, I was like, why isn't this a play? Yeah. We all. Yeah. Because it would be the best musical. I mean, it would be amazing. I mean, not like it's Hamilton or anything, but it would be a think, really good musical. I also wanted to see Singing in the Rain as a, as a musical on stage, Yeah, but too. they also used a lot of their songs from other musicals. Like, yeah, they were kind of like adapted, yeah, to fit the movie. Okay, well, um, I'd say this is a good place to stop right after musicals. And um, thank you all for listening this far, if you have gotten this far, to uh, I'll buy the popcorn and tune in for part two of our intro um, coming soon. Thanks so much. Bye. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.